Especially fitting that a study of hermetic symbolism should begin with a discussion of the symbols and attributes of the static Isis. This is the Isis of Stace, famous for the inscription concerning her, which appeared on the front of her temple in that city. I, Isis, am all that has been, that is, or shall be. No mortal man hath ever me unveiled. Plutarch confirms that many ancient authors believed this goddess to be the daughter of Hermes. Other held the opinion that she was of the child Prometheus. Both of these demigods were noted for their divine wisdom. It is not improbable that her kinship to them is merely allegorical. Plutarch translates this name Isis to mean wisdom. Godfrey Higgins, in his Anacolipius, describes the name of Isis from the Hebrew, Iso, and the Greek letters, to save. Some authorities, however, for example, Richard Payne Knight, as stated is in symbolical logic of the ancient art and mythology, believe the word to be of northern extraction, possibly Scandinavian or Gothic. In these languages, the name is pronounced Isa, meaning ice, or water, in its most passive, crystallized, negative state. This Egyptian deity, under many names as the principle of natural fecundity among nearly all the religions of the ancient world, she was known as the goddess with 10,000 appellations and was metamorphosed by Christianity into the Virgin Mary. For Isis, although she gave birth to all living things, chief among them all the sun, still remained a virgin, according to the legendary accounts. My name is Alex, and I host a podcast. People often ask me, hey, Alex, what's the deal with all this weird occult shit you talk about on the show? Where do you find your information? How does it go about doing this? How can I become a magician? How can I learn the sacred and arcane arts that seem to surround you in a mystic haze that is both alluring and scary, that sends people both crawling towards you and running away simultaneously in a vortex whirling of personality and, and love. No one's ever asked me that, but people do ask me about where do I get my shit from. If you got bored during that first little bit, this is where I get my shit from, is pages upon pages upon pages of reading about Obscurica. The reason I read that was one, because it was about Isis, who's rather famous, and two, because um, uh, Isis right now is some kind of Islamo group at the moment, uh, uh, or some people are calling it ISIL, but Isis. Um, very interesting terminology there. I don't actually know what they claim that stands for. This is where um, I would be smarter man to have show prepped, but I didn't. The reason I found this page is I opened at random to a stack of books that was sitting on my shelf, realizing that I don't have nearly enough show prep to do an hour tonight. The page I turned to was Isis, and I thought, oh, hey, I've been meaning to talk about this on the show. There's a theory, I suppose, a hypothesis, a series of complete bullshit synchronicities and connections that people have made over the years. And by complete bullshit, it may be entirely right. That there is a secret cabal of people that run the world that, since time immemorial, have gathered together to either keep down their fellow man or rise up uh, with their 
other demented masters or whatever. I don't know. I, the, the whole theory never made a lot of sense. If you've been the ruling elite of the world since like Mesopotamia, we're talking, you know, thousands of years uh, before the common era, you really suck at running things because you haven't won yet. Like, I mean, if there's an agenda, like, hurry up. This is, this is, if there is a ruling elite, they're like a show that's been on TV for too long and kind of most of the characters have left and the original plot's not really there anymore, And but everybody kind of continues because it's a familiar name. Like, like Two and a Half Men, where it continued on after Charlie Sheen left. Now, I've never seen an episode of Two and a Half Men, but I remember when he did that whole winning thing and got kicked off the show. So I'm kind of seeing like Charlie Sheen and Two and a Half Men are kind of like the Illuminati. But one of the theories behind this, not behind this, part of it, is that they control the universe, they control uh, the way that we view the world by using, well, occult, you know, hidden symbols and wisdom to keep us, the plebeian class, down. These are hidden in plain sight in sacred geometry. That's what the Freemasons were about. It's hidden with um, secret symbols and words uh, thrown throughout the uh, Anuit Coeptus on the back of the U.S. $1 bill. Um, the Novus Ordo Seclorum on the back of the U.S. dollar bill. The New World Order. Or New, War New Order of the Ages. The All-Seeing Eye on the back of the bill. I know I'm going to keep back the U.S. dollar, uh, U.S. $1 bill a lot here because... I mean, I was actually going to start this off by saying how bullshit this theory is, but it actually is pretty fucking freaky if you think about it. And that's weird. And do you know if you folded a 20, you can see 9-11 happen? Yeah. Me and my friend Bill did it. We were fucking high as shit. And you're like, dude, that's the towers. Um, you can also cut... Um, oh, I was about to steal a joke from somewhere, so I'm not going to do that. Hey, look at me remembering stuff. I didn't mean to steal a joke. I thought I had the idea, and then I realized, wait, that's not my voice. Anyway, so the reason I'm reading this ISIS thing is because of that, is that they say that there's these hidden uh, uh, symbols and wording that kind of, I guess, subconsciously either gets into us in a way that we start getting our worldview is is tricked and reformulated to the way they want us to see it via these, you know, hidden speech patterns, hidden numerical systems, et cetera, et cetera. Um, much like, uh, however one say, like the, there's a big NASA conspiracy that, um, uh, there's the Mercury missions, which is, you know, Mercury, the Greek god. There's the Apollo missions, Apollo, Greek god. Gemini, which is the twins. You know, like, these are all gods from the Greek, Grecian world. A Hellenistic world is probably the better term. And the idea is that the ruling elite have kind of embedded these symbols into the way we're supposed to see the world by, you know, naming shit that. So Isis, being this evil group, um, is, uh, in my conspiratorial mind, if I want to... If I want to make up a bullshit conspiracy that I'm sure will become a real one in a minute, is that uh, the this is a war against the divine feminine principle as worshipped in the Eldric world, not Eldric in the ancient world. Um, I said Eldric because I was reading H.P. Lovecraft. Um, this is um, Isis, so she's the divine feminine principle. So that this uh, Muslim group calling itself Isis, or at least the ruling elite calling them Isis, is actually a detraction against women that um, the kind of uh, phallic, masculine-centric world that has built by the ruling elite uh, is starting to crumble, and the feminine principle is starting to uh, reassert itself in this new aeon, in this new age, and this is a fight back against it. Good enough theory, I suppose. I hope so, because it just came up with it. But um, I didn't just come up with that. I mean, the term ISIS fitting into that, there that's a kind of a common theory that the Illuminati thing is really just a, the 
the kind of devout insistence on the masculine principle and trying to make the world uh, totally male oriented on a psychological level, not a physical level. Cause I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a, a biologist, but I'm pretty sure you can't bang dudes to make kids. Um, so you, you need the feminine, like literally need the feminine principle hanging out. But anyway, so uh, the idea is that the, the old guard, the Illuminati, whatever is the, evil variant of the ancient god structures that took over and that evil variant is the thing that kind of put forth the aggressive cock culture that uh that has ruled the world for the past few thousand years when anything of the divine feminine starts to come back out uh they, it is squashed uh via in this case bad press or in uh, previous cases burning at the stake or um coming up with a guy to be nailed to a couple bits of wood and then having that religion take over everything else. But so I just find it interesting that the name ISIS, I'm obviously what I'm saying, no, I shouldn't say obviously, because here's a fun thing. I'm gonna, actually, here's a great way I can fit into this. So a million years ago, and weirdly enough, by some synchronistic wonderfulness, uh, I was looking through and I found a bunch of my old podcast appearances, uh, other shows I was on because uh, uh, my lady friend, uh, enjoys the show. So I was trying to find old appearances from like before, uh, we knew each other. So I was like, oh, here, look, this is me saying older bullshit on other shows. Well, one of which was the potent brew show, uh, boys out of Philadelphia. And I haven't really, uh, had much interaction with them on Twitter, uh, for quite some time. It's one of those things, nothing yet. Something seemed like wonderful fellows, but I think maybe just our timing doesn't work. But anyway, to soldier on. Potent Brew, uh, when I asked tonight on Twitter, at the Alex Cast, if anybody had any topics or questions, uh, asked, um, discuss how language doesn't allow people to express themselves properly. Uh, limited to words, most people too few. So, yeah, language, there is a, there's a, there's a stopping point with language. And, interestingly enough, I don't, I don't think language doesn't allow people to express themselves properly. It's people, though. Is that, People don't want to express themselves properly, so they don't invest their time into learning ways to express themselves. That, and I don't mean this as an insult to anybody in particular, but if if you say something along the lines of of, I you know I I don't read, well then yeah you're not going to be able to express yourself properly. You need to do the homework. It's not like there's an innate. We're not born telepathic. I mean some people might believe that. So there's no way to instantaneously beam uh, messages to each other. Uh, the most articulate way to do this. Articulate is the complete wrong word because that directly references, but the, the most expedient way given our nature as a, you know, a five pointed being, two arms, two legs and a head and then the trunk, um, is, is the spoken word or, you know, hand signals, which is, you know, essentially language. So, you know, it does allow complete expression. Uh, I think that's kind of the beauty of it. That's why, you know, books exist. That's why poetry happened. Um, it is one of the most expedient, if not the most expedient way to get a point across, unless that point is, I want to punch you in the face, which there is a more expedient way to do that is that you punch somebody in the face. But then you're also getting other points across, like I'm the kind of jerk that would punch you in the face, um, which it, linguistically you wouldn't have that come across. If you say, I want to punch you in the face, yeah, there's a hint that you're probably the type of person that will punch somebody in the face, but it's not there in the, in the text. When you punch somebody, it's now there in action. So the words are actually more uh, more specific. But going back to the ISIS, ISIS thing is that language does allow it, but language is this weird... It's so diverse, 
and so specific that it's actually kind of difficult to be specific. If that if that's a weird way to word it, I will try to deconstruct that statement. What I mean to say is that the specificity of language, let's say this, is... I'm trying to find an example that's not going to piss a bunch of people off, but um, I'm going to go with atheism. Uh, but I know a bunch of people that, that are atheists. They say they're atheists, but they say... Uh, I'm an atheist. There is no God. Uh, you know, I, I, by saying I'm atheist, it means that uh, I believe there is no God. You know, that's what atheism means. Uh, whether or not that's true or not, it doesn't really matter. But then I know other people which say uh, I'm an atheist, but it means that, you know, I personally don't think there's a God and I don't think it really matters. Um, you know, they wouldn't say this, the phrase that I loathe so much is that, you know, science says there is no God. It's I, I, I hate when people say that because you got both sides of that argument wrong. Like you, you just, you got the God side wrong, not to say that there is a God, but it's just science can't prove there's no God. It's not the way science works. And then you also got the thing you're claiming to be wrong because you're claiming something unscientific, blah, 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 blah. So the specificity of that is that people want to have this specific subsect to belong to, uh, atheist, uh, uh, feminist, uh, army ranger, uh, uh, skateboarder, well, actually skateboarders kind of provable that's not all that specific but you get the idea a um a muslim a um a uh uh what, what do they call it? a a cis uh a cis person a uh trans person a you know the specificity of, of language all it leads to is more and greater breakdown in the specificity where it becomes unusable where language starts uh exploding out into way too much uh way too much subdivision so when i was a kid um, anyway, when I was a kid, somewhere was in my lifetime, let's put it this way, uh, to use the, to use the, um, I don't even know if you can say this anymore, alternate lifestyle. No, that's probably not even a proper phrase. That always annoyed me. But anyway, a not straight variant of humans, not, um, male, female sexuality. When I was a kid, there was, there was, uh, uh, essentially the, the, the LGBT, I don't even think T was there back then, but anyway, there was this subgroup that you belong to. I belong to. I, I'm not trying to force you to, but there's an ease of language that was that was there. Now, as people start talking about it more, and it is a beautiful thing because then you can get specific. We're like, well, I'm not this. I'm a. Um, I think they've reintroduced queer into there now, where it's your gender queer. I think is the phrase. I'm not. I'm not super hip to this. So if I'm using an offensive term, I, I assure you, it's because when I was taught this, it was not offensive. But I think gender queer is something somebody told me recently, and they found this thing recently where it's cis. Where like I'm a cis male. I think is cis means that. I happen to self-identify as a person born with XY chromosomes and, and also uh, am primarily or if not totally interested in women, which is cis, which is kind of cool. I, I dig that that's starting to come out. But what I'm saying is this further and further breakdown of language now is actually instead of being an encompassing thing is now being a divisive thing. So I'm a totally like ridiculously open-minded human being. I, I, I have fun. Like I, I just, if it, if it comes from a place of love, totally. Yay. I'm happy for it. But like, I find myself insulting people with language or it's like, well, because the language is now becomes so, so specific. It's almost become scientific. It's, it's, it now it's, it's, it's uh, kingdom order, phylum species, whatever, to the point where it's, I don't, I don't even know what the right words are anymore. Like it was much easier where it's like, all right, well, that's the broad stroke, which is now, you know, Hey, broad stroke is not offensive. The subdivide makes it overly complicated. Now, it's not that overly complicated is bad, but the expectation of people's understanding of your overcomplication over is where things go in trouble, get in trouble. So, circling back how language doesn't allow people to express themselves, yes, it does, but you have to be aware of it. So, 
I happen to have a fucking huge vocabulary. Like, I've really, like, holy crap, I know a lot of words vocabulary. It's useless. Most of the time, because I know a bunch of words, I have to not say them and use a different word than the one I wanted to say because I know it's, I know I'm not going to be understood. Not to say that people are dumb and they don't know words. That's, no, I just know really obscure words. It's, it, the onus is on me. I'm the one using, that's why they're called obscure. You know, so the onus is on me to either go, okay, no, we, in this conversation, we have time to break down that word, uh, because it's not a common one, or I will reword my sentence or not be offended by, et cetera, et cetera. So the onus is on the person with the expertise to, explain, elaborate, or elucidate to the people without expertise. So language completely allows people to express themselves to a specificity point that it becomes inexpressive. But that's because people don't recognize what they're doing is divisive, but not in a bad way. It's just divisive in a way that it has to be self-recognized. You have to, you know, be aware of the world around you. So if you're like, for instance, as I was saying before, very open-minded person, don't, don't care what you do with your genitals. Like means absolutely nothing to me. Uh, I, I'm, doesn't matter as long as it comes from a place of love. But if I use um, uh, tranny, for instance, is, uh, is a phrase that when I was younger, tranny was a perfectly acceptable term. Uh, one of the podcasts I like to listen to uh, is a uh, uh, whatever the proper term is, transsexual uh, lady uh, guy, uh, Bailey J, um, is a very attractive person. Her face is wonderful, very, very lovely uh, bosoms and uh, a nice, thick, fat dick uh, that she was born with because she's, you know, born a dude or whatever you call it. But like, so she says tranny, which, cause that's like, and she's like, oh no, that's the word that I like to use. This is, this is me paraphrasing her. At least when I listen to the show, she may have changed since then. But if I'm taught that and then use that in a conversation thinking that's okay, if you're, you're, you of the subdivider shouldn't take that as an insult. Understand that if, especially understanding the audience, which is where I'm going back to language can express is that understanding your audience. So if you're talking to somebody that is in your social group and you've created a social group that isn't full of people that are stupid enough to hate you for, you know, your sexual preference, which, I mean, if you're hanging out with those people, then you have a lot bigger problems than language. I mean, you really need to, I mean, find some better people. That's really terrible. So anyway, but the initial gut reaction of like, ah, I'm angry or how dare you use that is, is incorrect. The assumption should be love. Go with, uh, that's an offensive word. Most of the time, if you're the type of person that that has created their social group well enough, um, the person you just said that's an offensive word will go, oh shit, I'm terribly sorry, which is what I do because uh, the words have changed. I'm an old man. Uh, words have changed drastically since I was a kid. However, that allows specificity because language is there and because it's been subdivided so much. It's just that the onus has to be understood. If you don't know enough words, if you're not a reader, if you're not, you know, even a, re a fucking reader, that's antiquated technology. Uh, if you're not someone who uses the internet, if you're not someone who listens to a lot of podcasts, whatever form you want to use, if you're not inundated with language on a constant basis, or at least have been whilst, you know, formulating yourself, you don't have the tool set. So it's not language's fault. It's, it's the user's fault. So if you're a carpenter and you try to nail in a nail with a wrench because you never bought a hammer... Well, that doesn't mean that carpentry as an art isn't isn't useful or that um, nails are no longer functional. The laws of physics have changed. It means, no, you're an asshole that didn't have a fucking hammer. So, no, it's not language's fault. It's it's the people using the language's lack of ability to carry a hammer with them. Um, I wish I hadn't used hammer in this example because hammer could be like hammer in a point. 
But again, specificity of language, it's the onus was on me to clarify that statement, and I did. So I think language does allow people to discuss themselves properly. It's just you have to know set and setting, audience and expectation. And then also, some people are just dicks. So if there wasn't language, they would probably find some other way to make you feel like an asshole, you know, and that's the people that you don't go around. So, no, um, I don't think language uh, does that. I, I think it um, it certainly allows people to uh, distance themselves and to not uh, uh, not express themselves properly. But I think it also allows people to express themselves in a really, really wonderful uh, way that can be amazingly nuanced and specific and beautiful. But also, you know, it could be some tort reform uh, policy or a 12-page legal brief, which, I mean, no offense to the lawyers out there, maybe you find some beauty in there, but that just seems like specificity and it's meant to obfuscate, which um, if I were in normal conversation with people uh, outside in public, I probably wouldn't say obfuscate because it's not a word that people run into all that often. Um, and I would try to change it. But I believe that you guys that are listening are wonderful people with a vast repository of knowledge. Uh, you have both thesauruses and sametionaries and dictionaries and everything is perfect and lovely in your world. So <laughs> that's ISIS and why I read the beginning of that thing. So going back to where I started. Hey, guys, it's me, Alex. And uh, welcome to the show. I suppose we should probably start. Um, I am broadcasting tonight from the beautiful confines of the Echo Chamber Studios in beautiful Southeast Portland. I haven't told you about the Echo Chamber in a while. Let's get back to the basics. I am here to talk to you. I'm here on behalf of a wonderful bar called The Standard. Please go to facebook.com slash thestandardpdx. And that is where you'll find all your standard goodness needs. Um, I can now tell you with some authority that Fridays you can get $3, maybe four, whatever's cheap. If it's, I think it's three, who cares? Fireball whiskey, which tastes like cinnamon and whiskey. Um, and it's cheap, so you can drink that, and it's good. Wednesdays, $1 for 16 ounces of delicious Ham's beer. Sundays, $2 microbrew nights, which is the one that I always tell you about. Which, by the way, the people that were there a couple Sundays ago, I'm reasonably certain you were there because of the show. You could have talked to me. Um, if that wasn't you, you're not hearing this, so it doesn't matter. If that was you, you could have just said hi. I mean, I'm very approachable. I mean, I'll probably say stuff like obfuscate at you. I might even imminentize the eschaton, but I will talk to you. And I'll talk to you in a way of specificity of language. Uh, I mispronounced that. Uh, that that very long polysyllabic thing was imminentize the eschaton. It's from Robert Anton Wilson. Um, eschatology is the study of the end of the time. So imminentize the eschaton just means uh, try to bring about the end of the world or make eminent... Um, I had to look up both those words when I read it the first time, and I've never pronounced it correctly. So anyway, I continue on. The standard. Yeah, go there. Facebook.com. The standard PDX. I will put in proper some kind of other ad in the show as well. Or find them in real life. 14 Northeast 22nd in Northeast Portland. I love that place. You should too. Come. Join me. They're coming. I went to Twitter. Facebook. Facebook.com slash AlexCast. Twitter.com slash the AlexCast. And I said, guys, I need topics. I need questions. I need you to help me. And you know what they said back to me? You don't yet. Because you haven't listened to this episode. Or maybe if you're one of the people that actually said stuff back, you do know, because that's you. And language is that kind of way. I am going to read one of these now. The last of this just came through uh, John, uh, John C. Myers. You may know him from Twitter as, I don't know what his Twitter handle is anymore. 
what is the most possible a person can now have before? It's a really great question. What is the most possible a person can have now before? What is the most possible a person can now have before? What is the most possible a person can now have before? Wise words, my friend, wise words. But what I like to say to that is caveat emptor. Caveat emptor. Which I think is let the buyer beware, but I'm not entirely sure. I only know that phrase from an episode of Brady Bunch, or maybe Brady Bunch the movie, which, by the way, very underrated. I like that film. I know I'll probably be mocked for that, but I, it was a good movie. Uh, he also wants to... I'm not going to read that. Shut up, John. Another question from someone that's not a dumb idiot like John. No offense, John. I'm just kidding. You're not a dumb idiot. You're a very smart man. Scott Lewis asks, uh, for these topics, mutant chicken races. Um, now, are the mutant are these mutant chicken or are these chicken races which have mutated? Like, uh, like originally it was a 100-yard dash or, you know, half wing flap, half run, and now it's a 102-yard dash due to some kind of genetic recombination? Or are these actually mutant chickens? Um, or the mutant chicken races, like there's a, uh, there's a, there's a, uh, like a, like a Caucasian, uh, chicken or, or, um, or what other races are there? An Asian chicken. Um, I don't know, but, um, I don't believe in chicken racing. I don't believe in eating chicken and, um, and, uh, yeah, that's it. So, and I don't really believe that we should subdivide ourselves by race anymore. I believe that we should all be one happy coalescing family everybody a nice beautiful shade of tan he also wants to know about furniture porn safe sex doorknobs patio chair on patio chair etc um well i mean i believe you should practice safe sex of course um i think that you should never give out your combination to more than uh yourself and your partner um I believe that doorknobs, well, that actually could be taken sexually, so I'm not going to answer that. Patio chair on patio chair, um, yeah, it's a good way of stacking things. Um, and I think that Ikea would be a really great place if you have some kind of furniture fetish. You just walk around, place acts like a maze. It's like you're stuck inside of a vagina. It's wonderful. Metaphor for birth. Um, Chris Reddy asked me, at Chris Reddy, you might know him from Loudest Geeks in the Room, Speeding Bullets, and all sorts of other projects that involve podcasts. I have no idea which ones are current. Um, he's, uh, no offense, Chris, you're one of the shows that I just listen to every now and again. Actually, that's probably, I should, there's no, I shouldn't even say no offense, because most people just don't listen to podcasts. I, at least, like, my friends, like, I do kind of pop in every now and again. I just, I mean, quite frankly, there's a lot of shows uh, by people I know, and it's just, I both don't have the time and inclination. It's just... Just every now and again, you should be fucking thankful for it. I can't believe you're judging me. Christ. Chris Reddy asks, at Chris Reddy, you know him from, uh, are you are you secretly the child of Sasquatch and Slenderman? Glad fi finally, finally, someone asked this question. I've been hiding behind this, this human veil for 34 years now. 34 long years. Last Last Monday was my birthday. I turned 34. And you know who wasn't there? And which is the name, of course, of my Sasquatch father and Slender Man mother. I know Slender Man. It's a. It's frankly, it's an insulting word. It is. It is. Um, it is gender insensitive. But that's why it works. They weren't there. Because they both have to be out in the woods. Slender Man, Mom, 
as I like to call him, her, in her magical cabin, just trying to get sixth graders to stab each other. Sasquatch father, running majestically, his man bosoms bouncing, as seen in the Patterson-Gimlin footage, in the woods. Not a call to be made, except for the banging of occasional rocks on the side of trees. Trying to call me back home, to the depths of the forest. But I will not come, no. For I have taken on the guise of man. I have, cis man, I have become part of this tribe. The tribe I like to call humanity. So yeah, I'm secretly the child of Sasquatch and Slenderman. Slenderman. Yeah, I am. I am. Sorry, stumbled over Slenderman. You know, this is kind of a raw topic. I feel abandoned. But I feel like I was welcomed into the world of man, and I thank you guys for it. I thank you very much from the bottom of my Sasquatchian Slenderman heart. Thank you for letting me in your world. And thank you for letting me in your world. I don't know what that meant. I was, I was going to invert it, and then I realized, who gives a shit? This was stupid anyway. The question was fine. I just had no comedy there. I just, I mean, maybe maybe the names of my mom and dad, which I wish I remembered the noise I made, but I don't, because I'm not a good broadcaster. Nor, Jesus Christ, is it really only 29 minutes? Oh, God, this is going to be a short episode. I I could have sworn I was talking for longer. This is This is insanity. Yes, so that is... The secret origins of my being half Sasquatch, half Slender Man. All awkward. I have more questions for you. Let us read them. Eden Penketh. You can find him on Twitter, at MonkeyMagicEden. Asks me questions. Question in these words. And so spaketh the Eden. So is written, so shall it be done. As Halloween is fast approaching, do you have any spooky movie recommendations? Anything obscure you'd recommend? Um, I forgot, to, I was asking my horror movie expert uh, uh, this question. I forgot, to, I forgot to say the obscure part. Um, yes, I do, I do have some uh, uh, suggestions that will be as follows after I take a drink of this delicious hams uh, beer, which can be found for a dollar on Wednesdays at the Standard. So, um, favorite horror movies. I am a fan of, uh, as far as like kind of horror style is concerned, I like um, kind of funny, um, campy, yeah, campy is probably a good word. There's kind of a level of campy that I don't like, um, it's weird, like, there's a, um, how does one describe it? Like, I love, um, uh, I, I was just thinking of this while we're sitting here, I guess it's a Christmas slash, uh, horror movie, but I, I love, uh, the one with Goldberg, I think it's Santa's sleigh, or, I don't remember, it's one of the ones where Santa kills people, but Bill Goldberg, the old professional wrestler, plays it, and it's the perfect level of comedic cheese, but kind of with a there's like a heart to it. It's not just done to be like, ha ha, let's make fun of this style of movie. Like there's a, there's a genuineness to it, which I like quite a bit. It's when people get like a little too cutesy where it's like, yeah, look how cheesy this is. Like these movies blow. Like it's just, it's insulting to the people that made the original cheesy movies. Like they were done for an artistic purpose. They weren't just trying to schlock it up, but yeah. So I like that style of movie. Um, and I like, um, what else do I like as far as horror? I grew up on, 
well, I was I was a child in the '80s, so it was Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the Thirteenth, um, uh, the Pinhead movies. What are those called? Hellraiser. Um, I was going to say the reason I said the Pinhead movies because I was going to say Hellblazer, which is not. That's a comic book made by DC. Um, yeah, I like those quite a bit. Uh, I don't think I'd watch them now. Uh, the ones I don't like are super realistic, so you're not going to see any of these on a list that I compile. One of my least favorite movies I've ever seen is um, uh, I Spit on Your Grave, uh, which was this, you know, yeah, it's just a, like, blah, just, just, ugh, stick your tongue out and just, like, blah, kind of nonsense garbage movie. Yeah, I really just, I don't like those kind of movies. The closest one to that style of movie that I liked, and I didn't really love it, but I sort of liked Last House on the left, um, but it was more the... It was more the buildup than the actual, like, once I got to, like, the actual horror part, I didn't like it, but the buildup to it was kind of creepy. Um, oh, and I like, and, and yes, you're, you're more than welcome to make fun of this for me, but I like those Rob Zombie movies. Um, uh, uh, what's the one with, like, the weird guy that looks like he's on the cover of Iron Maiden? He's, like, a weird madman in the basement. Um, House of a Thousand Corpses, I think. I think is the name. Um, I came up with that completely uh, on my own. I That was entirely me thinking of that off the top of my head and not lip reading someone. Um, the other one I liked to Devil's Rejects, I think I liked. Whichever the first one was, I liked. Um, where it's like that really nerdy kid and the, the that weird clown guy that's in all of his movies was there and uh, they go in that house and that was fun and his girlfriend's all nuts and laughs are loud. Like, that was good stuff. So anyway, I like that where it's kind of like... Uh, referencing uh, movies. Like, it's kind of like a Tarantino thing where Tarantino doesn't really do, like, original movies. He kind of... He's like a clip show of other movies. And I like that because it's like... It shows, like, a love of the art. It shows, like, a love of the genre. So, anyway, I like that kind of stuff. And I also really like... um, uh, I really like later sequels to Once Good Properties. Like, one of my favorite um, zombie-type movies, the kind of Living Dead and their, and their weird mutant offspring, was... I think it was Night of the Living Dead 3... Because it gets weird, because there's, like, Night of the Living Dead, and then Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, in that way. But then there's also Night of the Living Dead 2, Night of the Living Dead 3. Like, somehow it, like, split into two different sequel franchises. But the one I'm talking about is the one with the goth chick that turns into a zombie. But then she starts kind of piercing herself to be distracted from wanting to eat her boyfriend's brain. It is so fucking perfectly... It's it's such a perfect cheeseball uh, horror movie, but it's not done so tongue in cheek that you can't kind of watch it. But anyway, and the chick that was all, um, pierced up and trying to not eat her boyfriend's brain was super hot. Um, I really liked, um, that one. Now that I'm thinking of it, I was, I was talking to my lady friend about this cause she's, she's quite the horror aficionado. And now that I'm talking on the show, I'm remembering more. Um, the one with, um, in England where he wakes up in the hospital bed, it's kind of the same start as, uh, 28 days later. Um, Zombie genre one, but I really liked it. Christopher Elkelson was in it, which is probably the first time I ever saw him. Um, yeah, I really liked that movie. I rewatched it recently. Holds up, but I, I kind of, it's weird. Like it does, it, the only reason it doesn't hold up for me is because it's been, that style has been done so many times since then that I kind of, whatever. I didn't see the sequel, uh, 28 weeks later, or whatever it was. Um, I, I, I've heard that it's not dead. Not dead. It's not good. <laughs> I said not dead because I was reading the list. Um, so, uh, in no particular order, uh, so me and Lady Friend were spitballing some stuff, uh, when the ones we agreed on, or at least, uh, more so the ones I've also seen, because I'm not, 
um, I'm not horror is not my not my top genre of watching. I, I went through a large horror phase phase when I was growing up, but I haven't watched a lot of the modern ones. Um, but anyway, uh, Creep Show, wonderful. Creep Show Two, one of the rare ones that uh, the sequel lived up to the first. We've actually talked about Creep Show on the show a bunch of times now that I think about it. Um, yeah, I really dug that. So Creep Show, there's a recommendation for you. Uh, Lady Francis Trick or Treat. Uh, I saw that. A while ago, if it's the one I'm thinking of, don't remember it, but good one. Oh, as referenced earlier, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, I think that's the one in the shopping mall. That's my second favorite. I like the original Night of the Living Dead. Um, I, there's just something, you know, it's just one of those things. It's just because it's the first. Um, I'm sure if I saw it out of sequence, but it's such a, it's like, I still like the original, um, the original Godzilla movies just because I grew up with them. And the same as uh, Night of the Living Dead. It's just this thing that's been in my life, like the entire time that it's just this really fondness to it. Um, Rosemary's Baby, classic fucking scary ass movie, which uh, leads me to one of my f- absolute fucking favorites is The Omen. I know it's played out, I know it's old, but that scene, uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give any spoilers because the person uh, uh, that we're doing the list with uh, hasn't seen it, and I need her to see it. That scene at the birthday party where the where the 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 lady that uh, the her what do you call it her what do you call somebody that her his ope hair? I can't think of what, what a reasonable person would call that. Um goes, it's all for you, Damien. That scene is one of the creepiest fucking things that happens in a movie fucking ever. Um, Black Christmas, uh, another one of her recommendations. Don't know the film, but um, the description that she gave was quite good, so I maybe will end up watching it. Uh, agreed upon, wonderful one, The Thing, not uh, not obscure, but Jesus Christ, The Thing is a fucking fantastic movie. Um, I just saw recently the... Um, the original of this uh, from the 50s. I did not know the thing was a remake. Um, not good. I'm sure it was good in 1950, whatever. I have no idea about years, but uh, boy, howdy. Watch it get in 2013, 14, whatever year it was at the time. Uh, pretty sure it wasn't 15. Yeah, pretty difficult. Uh, but though the the one that I consider the original, um, who did the thing? Was, was it John Carpenter or was it... James Cameron? James Cameron? Who the fuck did the... Th- Who's the guy that did Terminator? He did the thing, right? Fuck. Oh, that's gonna bother the hell out of me. The thing. John Carpenter's the thing. It's John Carpenter. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because he ends up not making very many good movies after that. Um, so I'm gonna go with that. Uh, not sure... I mean, I guess it fits into horror, but American Werewolf in London is a fucking... It's a, just an absolute classic. Um, creature effects... I still can't figure out how the fuck they did that werewolf transformation. That is fucking beautiful. First time I remember, um, uh, I'm going to go on a little tangent here. I'm going to make a note of where I am on my list. Uh, first time I remember that during a transformation, they kind of brought in that breaking of bones sound, uh, or like the kind of the painfulness of the transformation. I don't remember other movies doing it like that where, cause that's what it would be. If, I mean, it could be possible. I mean, there would be snaps and cracks and awful and, that really kind of drove it home. And then for 80s, uh, 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 special effects, fucking beautiful. It's still a beautiful film. I watched it a couple of years ago. It still holds up pretty well. Um, but that reminds me, the other time I saw it, which I'd never thought of this before, was in... Um, so, I mean, I read I read the Sandman comics by Neil Gaiman. Um, I came to him pretty late. I think I read him for the first time when I was in college. I mean, I must have been... I think I, think I probably read him at 20. Um, 
but there's one part where he's he's uh, uh, Sandman's talking to a shapeshifter, and the shapeshifter talks about how disgusting it is to change shape. That like he can smell the inside of himself rotting, like that it's just like it's almost like the dead. The, the dead flesh being rearranged, not like, not like, and it's just like the, the claustrophobia, the description just reminded me of that, of that American Werewolf London thing where it's like, it's actually like a realistic thing where it's like, you can hear bones snapping during the change. This is like, ew, you're right. You'd be like this mutated kind of goo form. And it's like, just, I just remember kind of the, the grossness of it was, was really perfect. And, um, American Werewolf in London was one of those things that, uh, also carried that out. There was recently, um, I'm rewatching Fringe. Not so much rewatching as it's just something I have on in the background to go to sleep to. Um and uh it uh they have the the shape changers there and they have that kind of painful thing. They shove this thing in the roof of your mouth to get like your DNA to change. It just if you ever I'm not, the Fringe isn't all that great of a show, but it's if you need something to fall asleep to, I would recommend it. But um um uh, that's good. That does that well, that kind of visceral. Anyway, it's I get impressed by these little things. It's you know I remember the plots of the movies, but I remember this tiny little like oh fuck that thing, you know. Um, also remembering as I'm talking as I've referenced in the show before, the scariest movie for me ever in my life was two. It was one of the creep shows where uh, the lake creature thing eats those people on the on the on the dock. Um, that scared the fuck out of me because I live down street down the street from a. Uh, 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 that's my very New Jersey way of wording things. I lived uh, uh, in proximity to a lake, and it just really got in my head that it was in there. That and Ghoulies, uh, because the little monster thing came out of a toilet at one point. So I spent the better part of my childhood being afraid that a monster is going to bite my asshole or testicles. Um, to this day, I still, I mean, honestly, at 34, I still probably give a little bit of a look-see to make sure there's no ghoulie in my toilet before I sit down. Um, th- I wish I were kidding. Um, mostly in my head, it's more because I'm afraid there's going to be a spider in there, which doesn't really make it any more manly, but at least it's more of a rational fear. Um, and then for a while after I read a story about a snake going up a drain, uh, I was afraid of that too. Very, uh, basically, I just don't really like, uh, animals to have immediate access to my, to my butthole and, uh, and testes. Um, so Ghoulies, uh, not a good movie. Don't watch it. Um, but if you're five and living in Oakland, New Jersey, uh, you can watch it in the Schlemmer's basement and um, give yourself um, uh, nightmares for the rest of your life. Um, I also want to bring up Ginger Snaps, if you have never seen it. Um, uh, Teenage hot chick, I think remember them as lesbian werewolves, becomes a series, very cheesy, very fun. Um, It's exactly what it sounds. It's, uh, as the English say, it's, 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 what it says on the tin. Um, And I'm using that phrase because you're from England, because we're talking to Eden right now. Um, Then two agreed upon classics. Couldn't love these movies more. Tremors. uh, At least the first two. The third I still actually quite like. I fucking love the shit at Tremors. I will not turn it off. That that's one of the more perfect silly horror movies that's ever been made. The characters in there are the perfect amount of over the top and believable. Um, Bert, the uh, weirdo, um, uh, gun nut survivalist, perfect. Uh, and then Gremlins. Um, I actually really like Gremlins too, as well. Other than that unfortunate part where he sings New York, New York, and the tranny, uh, which again, don't mean to use an offensive term, but the uh, transgendered uh, 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 Gremlin, which was just really awkward in that kind of Bugs Bunny uh, dressed as a lady bunny style. Um, Maybe it just made me question some things when I was a kid, but um, love gremlins. I actually had a gizmo nightlight when I was when I was a child. 
uh, that was a kind of see-through gizmo that he plugged into the wall and you could see um, him and he would protect you, which in my head was a really bad idea because I was, you know, when I was a kid, I was quite, I was still, you know, rather, uh, I was, you know, a smart kid and rather logical. The whole point of gremlins is that after midnight, they, you know, you can't feed them and you're not supposed to put them in uh, near water and something to do with light. Um, so why would there be a night light next to my bed where I have uh, drinking water and then light? And, and and it just doesn't make any sense. Like basically you're saying, oh, here, Alex, plug this in your wall. So demons can be made out of your delightful nightlight. Don't spill water. In well, I mean, I guess, I guess actually now that I think about it, it would make sense. You wouldn't want me spilling water near the outlet. Huh. Well, now that I think about it, this actually probably was a pretty good safety issue. Thanks, Bob. <laughs> Sorry that I called you Slender Man earlier in the show. Um, yes. I also love um, the evil... Well, actually, I love Army of Darkness. I kind of I like the first two Evil Dead, but Army of Darkness is exactly the kind of movie I like. It's 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 stupid, it's fun, kind of horror, mostly just camp. I fucking love the shit out of that movie. Um which everybody's seen that uh as discussed on Twitter recently Dead Alive, um really fun movie. Uh the unrated version, the rated version is not very good at all. Um I think that's probably all of the ones I can think of off the top of my head. I'm sure I missed a whole shitload. Um, I liked... Um, what's the one with the little girl on the TV? It's like the most famous movie ever. Their house is on a... a poltergeist. Um, I don't like the whole movie, but I like that little tiny lady with the weird voice. Which is like, Carol Ann! Carol Ann! That, little, like, that lady was fucking weird. I liked her a lot. Um... I think that's... I'm trying to think of more obscure ones um, that I like. Oh, one of my favorite movies ever, and I guess this does count as horror. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. This is as as obscure as it can come. No one's seen this movie. Uh, seven of you have, maybe. And that's assuming this is an episode that has a comma in the downloads. Blood and Donuts. I fucking love Blood and Donuts. It's a, it's a Canadian picture that is about vampire that fell asleep. Uh, he kind of puts himself in hibernation in the 60s and wakes up in the 90s. And it's got a really fun soundtrack. It's over the top. It's a fucking beautiful film. Uh, if you have the chance, watch watch Blood and Donuts. It is an absolute fucking favorite of mine. Couldn't love it more. You guys should you guys should hug each other and uh, and and dance in joyous refrain. Ah, yes. Okay. And also, we are adding by uh, by last second submission. Uh, we are what we are, which is available on Netflix. Uh, apparently, it is a uh, rather interesting story, which I will not give away details because I haven't watched it, but. Um, but uh, important person in life has said it was good and it's on my Netflix queue. But her description of the film, I don't know how much of that is like on the box or how much of that is like later in the film. So I don't want to like spoil a part, but so just watch it or read the thing on Netflix. We are what we are. Well, anyway, all right, fuck it. My last one I was talking about was Blood and Donuts. You guys should, it's impossible to find, but um, it's, I think there's a torrent of it. Or at least there was a few years ago. I know I have it on a drive somewhere, um, but yeah, it's a really, really fun movie. There's this over-the-top cab driver in a essentially European accent that it's just this. It's like, uh, you know, Molly is. I like to drive the cabs, and you know, this is how my accents work. Is I just throws a random s at the end of words and somehow intonate differently. It's just the worst Yakov Shimirnov fucking accent ever. Uh, even though Yakov is you know real accent, but you get the point. Like this kind of definitionless blur of words. It's really quite fun. Um, I also have uh one more. Uh, well, okay, I'll do this one. I have a list of the questions from an email from a while ago. Opportunity to sleep with the movie celebrity of your choice, who would it be? Uh, I would not, uh, because I'm a big fan of personality, 
And the entire conceit of celebrity, and especially movie celebrity, is that you don't know them. They're um, the character they're playing. So while I I, I may be uh, kind of uh, slightly in love with uh, uh, Morticia Adams, as played by Angelica Houston, that doesn't mean I like I don't know Angelica Houston from Adam. I don't I don't know who she is as a person, and it's just not a fun uh, game. I mean, there's people I find attractive, but the whole like sleeping with thing based on based on you don't know the person. You're, it's like it just seems like it's almost like it's like a little psychotic to it because it's 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 a movie role. So I guess I mean I guess maybe if the question was what 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 movie character would be a little different. But anyway, the, the reason I wanted to answer this was because I was um. I was um in a bit of a um was listening to a debate on the fappening as they're calling it the recent release of all the celebrity nudes uh featuring um Jennifer Lawrence and those people and um uh someone was asking me uh what I've seen of them and I have not uh I saw one of the Jennifer Lawrence ones but I was not intending to I was kind of reading about the story and um one of the um some other ones but I didn't know who the person was but um it is uh, to me, uh, so anyway, Jennifer Lawrence came out and did a uh, did a bit of a, she said a bit of a public statement or whatever through Variety or some you know somewhat you know well known thing, and um, she basically said that she called it uh, a, a sex crime, it was sexual assault, and um, a bunch of people were going fucking nuts and disagreeing or whatever, and uh, I I agree with her. Um, I know I'm supposed to be uh, you know, Mister Funny, you know I'm I'm insensitive. Bobby blah blah because I'm a boy and I live in the time I live in, but uh, that's a fucking violation on a fundamental level. Like I feel really terrible for that girl. Uh, that's something that was between her and a fella and or a lady. I don't I don't know what her, her proclivity is, but don't do that. Like I I I, I kind of hate those hacker people. Like I get why they did it, but you're you're shitheads. Um, I really hate people like that. That whole ex girlfriend revenge shit is is you're 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 fundamentally shitty people and if any of you guys go to those sites you're i'm not saying you're a shitty person but you're not being good you're 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 not helping the world um you kind of disgust me a little bit so uh so as far as like sleeping with celebrity um no one but sleeping with uh, a, a character in a movie if they existed in real life wouldn't be morticia adams because she would probably kill you because that movie's physics is a little bit weird. And I had a huge crush on Wednesday Adams. That's not creepy. We're the exact same age. Uh, I, she, Christina Rooster was born 1980 as well as me. There was, she was age appropriate. So don't fucking give me looks like that. However, so I don't actually really don't have an answer even for the movie character, but that seems a little bit more, um, a little bit more reasonable. Is there anybody? I like, um, that, that girl from Zombieland, um, she was fun. Um, she seems like that's somebody you more would want to like date. Yeah, I'm just a fucking softy. I just I want to date people. But anyway, um, I don't I don't like anyway. So um, me getting distracted horrifically. What was I talking about? Oh yeah. So um, that whole hacking thing and putting out people's personal fucking shit is like I'm not trying to be like sex negative. I'm not trying to be like body issues. Blah blah blah. But like that's some private shit. Don't fucking tell people's private shit in person. Like especially it just ugh, it just disgusts me. So um, don't go to uh, revenge porn sites. Um, the more interesting part of this, at least to me, is Google is going through and trying to remove all links to the fappening stuff. This is the part that I'm a little weird by because uh, I try to be as open minded as I can. And personally, I'm like, oh, good for fucking Google. I'm really happy you guys are doing that. Like it's 
know, it's an invasion. I think, you know, it's horseshit that, that can happen to somebody. But it's also kind of freaks me out a little bit that, like, they can wipe something from the internet. As much as, like, this is one of those ones, like, yeah, I would like that off. But it's, like, one of those, you know, first they came for the communists, then they came for the Nazis, then they came for the blah. And by the time they came for me, there was no one left to stand up. You know, that old phrase where it's, like, yeah, this is kind of... uh one of those things where it's like, you know, you have to defend the, the, the worst of us to, you know, to, to defend the best of us where it's, I'm like, I'm happy they took the links down. Cause it's like, ah, oh, this is fucking deplorable, but how much further down the list of things to go before other things start getting removed, then it starts becoming debatable and yada, you know, slippery slope kind of tactic, if you want to call it that, which I do want to call it that because that's what it is. So that kind of weirds me out. That's the one part that I'm not on the fence about. However, what I'm not on the fence about is that if you download those things, you're an asshole. And also um, apparently in some of those pictures, one of that girl that I don't know who it is, it was underage. So you've downloaded kitty porn as well as uh, stolen shit. That's like really, um, asshole-ish. So sorry for the tongue lashing, but you're just a jerk and not all of your jerks, obviously not any individual one. Cause honestly, it's something a couple of years ago, I probably would have looked at it and I wouldn't have thought about it. Like, and then if it, if someone had explained it to me, I'd be like, oh my God, you're right. I really feel like an asshole. So what I'm trying to do is, 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 is get you to the, I really feel like an asshole part. So that the next round of these pictures that come out, um, you can, um, you can, you know, not look at them and kind of join together in solidarity for people. Cause you know, it's, you should have choice. You should be a sovereign individual. No one should take anything away from you when you don't want it to. So, if, you know, you just shouldn't have, you know, like you're a young person that's attractive. You should be able to send fucking pictures of your tits to your fucking boy. You know, it just, anyway, so that's kind of the point. But yeah, I'm not, I'm sorry, I feel bad that I'm kind of insulting individual people. What, what I, I just mean, um, yeah, I just, I don't know what I mean. I just, just stop it. Just try to fucking give people, just try to, uh, just try to, just try to give people a fucking chance. Don't, don't invade people's personal space. Don't invade their privacy. And that's just about it. Yeah. So that kind of petered out. Anyway, so yeah, this has been the Alexcast. Uh, I don't mean, God, I kind of feel bad that I was like a little harsh there, but it's just, it's just such a violation. It just bothers the fuck out of me. So um, unless you're uh, Nick Hogan, uh, uh, Hulk Hogan's kid, because you just look like a prick. And, you know, so if your dick's out on the Internet, then you kind of deserve it. I know it goes against everything I just said, but like, ugh, that kid just seems like an asshole. And he paralyzed his friend in that accent and he seemed like really unrepentant. So anyway, yeah, so that's that. Uh, that is the end of the show. I want to thank you guys for calling in. I want to, um, well, no one called in, but I want to thank you guys for writing in. I want to, uh, let me apologize publicly to Jen Lima because she just missed the mark of getting questioned in. And I kind of already talked about it. She asked, uh, the Mists of Avalon and Goddess figures, which I kind of did a little bit on Isis already. And I've not read the Mists of Avalon, even though that was on my bookshelf for a million years. And I think you're aware of that. Um, or that's just accidental. I think that's the book I'm thinking of. Anyway, the point is, uh, I talked about Isis a little bit. So, uh, apologies to Jen Lima for missing the mark. Good. My name has been Alex. Your name has been a bunch of uh, people that I don't know. Um, oh, let's end on a fucking more positive one. This was a good question, and it'll be uh, something that no one can possibly understand. Uh, if you could live any point of time in your life, the time span can only be a half an hour, though. What half an hour of your past would you like to experience again? Um, uh, well, half an hour I'd like to experience again. I believe it would be... Uh, red dress yeah 
I think that would be a good one. I looked good in that dress. Uh, so yeah, I've been Alex, you have been the audience, and this has been a weird-ass show that I rambled nonsensically. And, well, let's face it, I've done 181 of those already. So cool. Uh, I love you, you love me, and everything is perfect in the universe. Na-ma-stay. Come on down to the standard. 14 Northeast 22nd. 14 Northeast 22nd. Northeast Portland. Conveniently in America. Perfect.